For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey guys, what's going on? It's episode number 159 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don, and finally, we're looking outside. We can actually see South Lake Union uh, from the Les Schwab Studios today, as we got a little rain here in the Great Pacific Northwest. A pirate ship just went by. We just saw a pirate ship. And the sky is blue, evidently, (laughs) a fact that I had forgotten, so that's good to know. My son and I, we were just uh, down south in Auburn, because we had to go down there and pick up a key. And as we were driving back, we saw uh, where some of these fires had happened. And it just, it breaks your heart because you know there's a lot of people driving around. They throw their cigarette out the window. And the next thing you know, uh, we have so much Tinder out there. We just got to be more careful out there, you guys. So anyway, hey, get signed up for the Ron and Don newsletter. It's how we stay in touch with you. Thousands of people have done it in the Ron and Don Nation. All you have to do is go to ronanddon.com. That's ronanddon.com. Everything about a real estate business. Everything about the radio show, everything about us at ronanddon.com. And do us a favor. If you hit subscribe as you're listening to this, then the Ron and Don show will come to you three times a week. And it also really helps us out if you write a review. And so many of you, by the hundreds, have written great reviews. We read every single one, and we just want to thank each and every one of you. Coming up with the Ron and Don show, Pac-12 football. Is it back? And also... RBG, the notorious, no longer with us, but you know she'll be with us in spirit as we head toward the election just under two months away. Mm. Before we get to that, let's get to this. I have a bone to pick with you. A couple DIY guys right here, and uh, you're doing some DIY. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don of the Ron and Don Show, unbeknownst to people maybe that are listening right now in their cars, has become quite the DIY guy. Oh, I don't know. And about so that. you're constantly posting pictures on your Facebook of you in like muddy clothes and you got a shovel above your head and a pickaxe and a miner's light on and an arc welder and like all of these different tools. Yeah. And so I have a, a project going on right now and I thought I, 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 tr- I got a couple bids to hire some people to do it. And they came back really high and I was like, ah, because part of it is because it's up at the my tiny house and they got to drive all the way up to Index and I, I don't know anybody up there. So I was trying to hire Seattle people. Tiny house, big big bill, budget, big bills. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do what Don uh, what Don does. If if he can DIY, I I feel like I'm handier than you are. I can DIY anything except I don't mess with electricity. I don't, and that's because one of my partners, his father was an electrician. And his father told him, hey, once you get above 120, you hand that off to somebody right. else. Uh, you were above 120 on this, right? Well, I wasn't connected yet, but I did I did uh, install my main. So that, it wasn't that project. Oh, it wasn't. So okay. I um, I thought, well, if Don can do this, and this may be arrogant, I feel like I'm handier than you. Oh. Maybe I'm not, yeah. but in my mind, I am. Cool. And so I, have to, uh, I had to put in a cement slab for a new pump house. Nice. And some footings for a deck. You can do that. And so I I uh, I got the I bought a book 
Yeah. On Amazon, how to build a deck, Black and Decker guide. Talked to my architect buddy Michael. He gave me a couple pointers, and so and then my friend Travis, who actually bought a house in Chelan from us last year, uh, we become friends, and he volunteered to come up and help me out. And so I'm I, up there. I just put footings under a house. Just got out right. of the house. Put footings. It's like down. if Don can do this, come, I can do this. Yeah, you can do no it. No big deal. Right. So I stop in at the hardware store, and it, the first. Five to ten times you lift a 60-pound bag of cement. It's like, no big deal. I got this. You're slinging them around. You're throwing them in the truck. You're taking them out of the truck. You're putting them on the stack. You're lifting them up. And so around about the 30th or 40th time, I'm picking up a 60-pound bag of cement. Not that fun anymore. So I build my form. I got my level out. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. By the way, I should just do an asterisk. I'm not a cement guy. Like I've never laid a slab of cement before. I don't know the first thing about rebar. Like I don't know how to do this stuff. Well, in the the cement, which is not really cement, is concrete. Concrete. You should be able to just throw that in a wheelbarrow and eyeball it. I don't know with about a, with, that. With a garden hose. I don't know about that. You should be able. So to. I build some what I think are forms. They seem kind of level, like the, the level bubbles relatively close. I got them screwed together. Seems like it's going to work. What's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, and I'm thinking um, five, six bags top, <laughs> right? Five or six bags of cement, concrete, whatever you want to call it. I'm good to go. Sort of cobbled together some rebar, stick it in there. 12 bags of concrete later. So like eight, 750, 800 pounds of concrete later in a wheelbarrow that you gave me. Yeah. Uh, I finally get this little slab poured and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Huh. Looks, it's relatively flat. Carve my initials in there for a bygone era in the future that's going to look back and wonder who's this crazy guy that built this slab. So that's all looking good. Middle of the day or so, I was like, you know what? Travis, what do you say? Let's just, how do you feel about keep going? Why don't we keep going? Let's do these footings. Now, where's Travis? Travis was uh, helping me. He's oh. a, a former client that we sold a property in Chelan oh, nice. to, okay. a, a vacation property. Right. And so I'm like, let's keep going. He's like, dude, I'm game. Like, he's like, I'm learning. We did pretty good on that slab. We're looking at our slab. We're admiring the slab. We're feeling, feeling pretty good about it. Now we're going to go footings. We're going to go sauna tubes 30, 30 inches deep. Uh, we got these things got to be level. They got to be plumb. We would go through the whole thing. So I run, I'm doing my calculations. I'm short cement. So concrete, concrete. I'm yeah. short my, on my concrete bags. So, uh, I'm thinking, so we're going back and forth. Like, I think I can run down to hardware store, come back. It'll probably only take me an hour. You only got sixties. Why didn't you get eighties? Oh, I'm not lugging around eighties. I know that you can probably lug around 80s. I can't lug around 80s. 60s is for sissies. So I um, get 80s. So I run back into town, which out there's time, and they stack one oh, bag on top no. of another. Yes, they do. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. So I go get 10 more bags of cement. Okay. Bring them back. Now it's starting to get a little late. It's around 6 p.m. 6:30 p.m. Concrete. We feel like you know what we can we can hammer this out. 6.30. Is it still smoky or is it clear? So it's pretty clear up nice. there now. Right. Um, it's been drizzling on and off all day. I feel like we're doing pretty good. I have some my LED lights. I turn those on. We get our, our strings drawn so we're all square. Did I you get start my, drinking some brown sugar bourbon? No, I'm not drinking at all. I'm, oh. I was drinking bubbly water, the bubbly. Oh. Okay. Get my uh, tubes cut to the proper length. I'm sort of they're lined. Everything's taking longer than it should because I'm an amateur. So I feel like I'm ready to go. And so I say, Travis, 
These are cardboard forms. Are you ready to power through? He's like, great. We As soon as we open and we pour that first bag of cement in, it starts raining. That's all right. It's no, it's not all right because it is, turns into a downpour. Oh. But our cement's wet, yeah. So we can't just once you pour one footing, you got to pour all three footings. That's right. So I can't because if they have to be in line with each other, powder is no longer dry. The powder is no longer dry. You, you got a fire. So now <laughs> I am cursing your name. I'm oh, like, if, if O'Neill hadn't been doing all this stuff, I wouldn't be out here in the rain. No. It is pouring mm. and so now the ba- the the tube says it's going to be two bags of concrete per tube yeah is it two bags per tube no mm. it's like three and a half bags per tube yeah. so now we're blowing through these i got to get all three tubes filled i got to get the the thingamabobs the mounting brackets embedded in the cement i got to get a a, a a column not a column what's the the opposite of column a beam I got a beam set that's level in a line. So I'm, I'm aligned v- horizontally, vertically, and at the same level. So that's oh. got to get done. But it's it's a downpour. Yeah. So all the tools are covered in mud. Mm. All my body's covered in mud. Yeah. It's dripping wet. My shirt's soaked through. My pants are soaked through. Oh, love it. My hands are muddy all over. See, now, the, I have, now I have respect for you. The level is covered in mud. I can't see the bubble. It's oh. dark out. It's after dark. It's Travis awesome. is looking at me like, dude, I thought we were just pouring a couple bags of cement. What are we doing? Yeah, so, like, uh, I we can't get it. So, anyway. Uh, at about nine o'clock at night, I finally get everything level, everything screwed in. We're in there, and now tools are scattered everywhere. Mm. Total downpour. That's great. Total downpour. I love it. So in minute. the middle of the night, yeah, out in the where there's you know out on the river, I'm picking up muddy tools. I just I'm throwing them with with disdain into my truck, mm. onto the seat, into the back of the cab mud everywhere it's just it was a total i want to say a total blank show it was a total blank show how'd it turn out well i'll show you some pictures there it's it's relatively good then i don't know why you're upset i'm upset because you had to work work through a little rainstorm and the rain was when i got the smoke out of here and while we're having a picture perfect day in the great Pacific northwest i'm upset because i was trying to be all macho i'm not i'm i'm in i'm 50 now who am I? What am I trying to prove here? Yeah. What am I trying to prove? I think that's. Crazy. I'm in a secret competition with you oh, you're when right. you're not even there. So how many bags did you end up? Oh, I'm not even going to tell you because you're going to tell me how many bags you did, and then you you've done many, more bags. Do you know how many bags? I want you've you done to, more bags than me. I know you done more bags than me. My last project. Do you know how many? I you've done to, hundreds of bags. So I didn't I carry. Do I carried these bags up two flights of stairs. The stairs. I did 25 bags. The stairs I had to build. I had to build. Outside in See, a now rain. you got to one-up me. Minus you got to one-up me. Minus Joe. Joe was not there to build the stairs. I was there to build the stairs and pour the concrete, not the cement. That was 189, 189, 80-pound bags. But you guys had a cement mixer. In a pouring rain. I know st- you had a cement no, mixer. No, we didn't have a cement mixer for this. I just did this out of a wheelbarrow. So Wow. Then we had a, had a cement mixer, just one of those little plug-ins, and that'll do three bags at a time. But when you're doing three bags at a time, that's a three-man job right there. So when we did a basement, we did a basement, and this is carrying all those bags to the basement. It was 2,849 hand mixed with a shovel and a three bag cement mixer and every single one of those bags i went to the store i put them on a pallet and that pallet then i had to take those and carry those up 
two flights of stairs. So I was in the shape of my life doing that. You look great today. You I, look I, great today. I, uh, so and I think you are handier than I am. So I'm, I'm calling you awesome. then. We have nine more footings to go. Yeah. Three and a half bags per footing. Well, I don't do 60-pound bags. If you want to do 80s, then give me a call. No. But I don't, I don't do this. All right, I'm hiring we your call, son. You know what? We call bags. them Sissy 60. It's the Sissy 60. It's the Sissy 60. That's all they got at the, <laughs> the store out there. The Ace Hardware and Sultan. Oh, man. Or wherever awesome. it was. Yeah, hey, uh, we come back. Ruth Bader Ginsburg no longer with us. But, boy, will she be remembered as we head toward uh, this election? Has the election just become about Roe versus Wade? Hmm. Let's talk about that. And we're also going to talk about Pac-12 football. Is it coming back? Because it seems like all the other conferences are. Let's talk about that on the other side of this. They're hard workers, they're hustlers, and they're fun to hang out with at the same time. (laughs) When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, "Uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. (laughs) The weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, We did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem. Never felt rushed always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. We did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, welcome back. Ron and Don Show, episode 159. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We're doing a lot of sit-downs. Sit down. Doing a lot of sit-downs right now, you guys. If you want to sit down, buying, selling, or you just have a lot of questions, maybe you're investing, reach out to us, ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, uh, some headlines. Let's hit this. Pac-12 football. Do you think it should come back? The president wants to be congratulated by everyone in the Midwest because he's saying, hey, I brought all the football back just in time 
for the fall, just in time for Thanksgiving, also just in time for the election. I am of two minds of this because I have been watching, not college football, I've been watching pro football, and I'm astonished that there hasn't been a team that's had a, a COVID breakout yet I mean, because the, their bubble in the NFL is not anywhere close to the bubble you had in the NBA. So I'm, I'm flabbergasted by that, how they're doing it. Um, when it comes to college football, so many more teams, so many more students um it, it's um younger lives they're not getting paid they're not dying either for the most part they're not dying for the most part they're getting as sick but it's part. still motivated by money was my point they're not in the nfl i can see the logic and you brought this up in the last episode they don't get paid when they don't play and so if that's your vocation and you are uh, you know stand to make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars depending on the type of contract that you you signed that incentive is pretty good there's a lot of people that, that are doing make a lot less money than that that are risking being out in the public like you look at every delivery driver or grocery store worker they're not making millions of dollars and they're risking exposure to make a living so that i get college students are not getting paid and if they're remote learning in their classes and then they're showing up for practice every day, I still think that it, the Pac-12 did the right thing by not playing this year. I think they're getting a lot of pressure because the big, t- like the Pac-12 network spends a lot of money to televise these games. The coaches are usually the highest paid employee of the state in almost every state in America. So they get their huge salaries. You have these empty stadiums all over. You have alumni associations. So there's a lot of pressure to say, hey, unpaid college students that are mostly minorities, entertain us, represent my school. Get out there and mix it up. Uh, I saw my niece who goes to Clemson. Uh, nobody wearing masks. They're getting ready for game day. Uh, Clemson, of course, a, a football powerhouse. Uh, she loves going to the games. And so not one of them had a mask on. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that was what the yeah. picture was. Uh, coach Oderon is the coach of LSU. He said he believes at this point that every single one of the guys that played at LSU perennial favor to always win the national championship he said he believes that they've all had it ever since probably had a cool he talked like that cool old wrong he does how your mom and them going out at lsu yeah uh unbelievable uh wildfires seems like these have dissipated and it seems like we need to do a better job but it seems like when the smoke clears the budget's clear and we're not going to come back and address this, I don't think, are we? You sent me a fascinating article. I think it was from The Atlantic, I believe, where it's like, we know what to do. And I was unaware of these techniques, but one of them is a, a checkerboard controlled burn. Yeah. Uh, and it's very expensive because you have to bring in heavy machinery and carve a checkerboard pattern into uh, you know rugged terrain and then bring in very skilled uh, smokies that burn these things and consume all the fuel so that when you do have a, you don't have any mega fires you'll still have forest fires you just want to have mega fires um it's funny it's very similar to me of like maintaining your car yeah you can drive it until it just stops working or you can change your oil every three to five thousand miles it's it's preventative maintenance and if you feel like that's throwing money out the window or medicine or whatever analogy you want to use so we just don't do the preventative maintenance because it's it's expensive yeah uh headline seattle times this week uh state troopers some internal emails we see on the front page it said yeah we let uh those protesters out on i-5 on purpose 
they said, we just didn't have enough personnel to stop them, and we thought it'd be a way to keep everyone safe. And, of course, someone was killed as a result of that. Uh, the protesters are saying, hey, it's the job of the state patrol to keep us safe when we're out there. That protester got killed, and we're blaming that on you, and now lawsuits are going to fly. Who is at... Uh, who do you put the blame on here? And do you think these protesters in this particular protester uh, that was hit by a car that went the wrong way on an off on ramp? Uh, should the state be writing a check? Do you think to his family? No. If you do something reckless uh, and against the law and it's clearly against just common sense, then you can't then come back around and say, I did this reckless, dangerous thing and you failed to protect me. That they're, they're, that's, I, I don't think that that's the case at all. Um, if I'm going to go skydiving and then you know, I have a skydiving accident, I don't go back and, and sue like the pilot. How did you let me jump out of a plane? It's like, dude, we were skydiving. You, you chose to jump out of the plane. Yeah, so many of these protesters, though, are now suing the city of Seattle. And they're the ones, some of them are saying, hey, we got hurt in these riots. And you started de-policing, and my job as a protester is to come down here and protest. Your job is to protect me. I'm allowed by it, by uh, our Constitution. And the fact that these rioters showed up, you guys should have taken care of the rioters so I can continue to protest. That is the most millennial BS I've ever heard of. <laughs> no, that's not how <laughs> real life works. Sorry. <laughs> Notorious uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg no longer with us. And uh, as a result of that, we're heading toward November. The president said that next week he will nominate a woman for the Supreme Court. And now Mitch McConnell, uh, his home is being inundated in Kentucky because the protesters have showed up there. We'll see if it turns into a riot. As a result of that, uh, they will have a, a full Senate vote. Here's the deal. If you have four Republican senators, that's step forward and say, hey, we're not going to have this vote until after the election, then they won't have this vote. They won't have the votes. But right now they have two. If they only have two, they can probably push this nominee through in less than two months. How about that? Yeah, this... For the Supreme Court. I don't know if I don't, I don't want to overstate this because I haven't thought about it deeply. But an argument could be made that this is bigger than even if Trump got reelected. Um, because swinging... Uh, if he, so you have Brett Kavanaugh. Um, who got on there, Gorsuch. And then if you get a third justice here, and, and quite possibly if Trump wins, you might get a couple more Trump nominees on the Supreme Court. That is a lifetime appointment. And when you get someone like Kavanaugh, who's a relatively young man, you're talking about swaying policy and the arc of justice for decades so forget about a four-year term. It could be a 40-year term and easily with a guy like if Kavanaugh doesn't drink as much beer as he did in high school, that guy could have a pretty long life. Um, and so this to me is, is a very, very big deal. Mitch McConnell, um, it, there is a, a concerted effort. I'll give this to Republicans. They, and I'm not a Republican, but I, I will give them credit for this. They have had a infrastructure to realize powers concentrated in, in the judges, in the judicial, judicial branch. 
And so they realize that the, the executive branch is going to bounce back and forth. It's going to every every four to eight years, it's going to ping pong back. The president's going to write an executive order. The next guy's going to come in and undo all those executive orders. Any type of real real work that you want to do, you got to do in that first term and really the first two years of your first term, because after that, you're just back on the campaign orders that you know are going to be. Uh, but Republicans, you know, they're, you know they're going to be erased by, by the decades ago, started building an infrastructure saying we need to get our judges into seats. And so there is a concern and Democrats have not done as good a job. So they just sort of take it piecemeal. Repub- the Republicans have an orchestrated, well-planned, well-funded infrastructure to get justices they want into the lower courts and then percolate them up to the Supreme that's Court. So they've done a very good job at that. That's because with the Republicans, it's mostly white, and they believe on getting on the inside and not just creating change, but keeping power. If you want to create change, what the Democrats say they want to do, many Democrats, especially minorities, feel like you have to do that from the outside in. I disagree with that. You can have some of that. You can have some of that, right? We saw that with Dr. King. We saw that with Rosa Parks from the outside in. But at some point, you got to get in. At some point, you got to go be a black or brown police officer. At some point, you have to go be a black or brown district attorney that we see right now. School board member, city council member. Absolutely. You have to jump in and you have to find your way through the system in order to sit on one of the higher courts. And that's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. Yeah, very her- heroic woman. Her life story has been made into movies. Uh, it was tragic. I know she was desperately trying to hang on uh, through this Trump presidency, and her workouts were legendary. Um, it's you know there are, are much smarter people than I that are making more eloquent uh, commentaries on her life. But this it, it's a very 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 big deal. If you get another Trump nominee onto the Supreme Court uh, before the election, that is bigger in my mind than the election because now you you know things like gay marriage uh, things like progressive policies that we've seen that DACA uh, immigrant children that are born here all of those things if you get another Republican Trump nominee under the Supreme Court you watch the cases that will be uh, fast tracked to the Supreme Court favorite thing this week and then you tell me your favorite thing this week and then we'll come back I wrote something about the notorious RBG we'll talk about that in a moment a Puerto Rico I have friends that uh, are contractors that have gone to Puerto Rico and they ended up coming back because they couldn't get paid by the United States government. And Puerto Rico, since the hurricane's there, has just been lying there in a lot of places uh, the way it was the day after the hurricane. Uh, We saw this down in New Orleans too and some other places. The South is getting unprecedented help right now from the federal government with all these hurricanes uh, that are coming. California with the wildfires right now, not so much because we already know the way that California is going to vote. We know the way that New York is probably going to vote. We don't know about Florida, though, and we certainly don't know about Puerto Rico. This week, Puerto Rico got $13 billion in relief hmm. funds. And some paper towels shot like a basketball. That was awesome. Anyway, I wonder why they just got 13. But oh, that's right. Puerto Rico, they vote too. Uh, don't go anywhere. We come back. Uh, something I wrote about RBG, the notorious RBG. And I want to share it with you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, if you like our podcast, you might like another podcast. Uh, it's called GeekWire. And the cool thing about GeekWire is they cover technology 
And they cover all the big names. They do some incredible interviews with the likes of Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates. And I love their mantra, too. Their mantra is, what happens in Seattle? Well, it matters everywhere. It does. And I really like Todd Bishop. He runs the show over there. GeekWire is a website and a podcast. It drops every week on Apple, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Check these guys out. GeekWire, if you're into technology, if you want to be in the know for what's happening here in the big tech boom of Seattle, it's GeekWire. for being a part of the Ron and Don Nation. Subscribe to The Nation News at ronanddonsitdown.com. A behind-the-scenes look at everything Ron and Don. Hey, you guys. Thanks for checking out episode 159 of The Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, uh, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. We'll always sit down with you. In fact, uh, we're doing a sit-down this week, and we're also doing a visit this week. We're going to head out to Duval. We have listings right now in places like Auburn, way up north in Everett, which isn't really way up north, is it? Bellevue's coming on, a couple in Queen Anne. Uh, if we can help you, just reach out because we'd love to be a part. Sultan, you're dead to me. We're not losing any lessons in Sultan. We'd love to be a part of your journey. Uh, I have noticed that a lot of women especially, a lot of women especially grieving online about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just grieving. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance to just spend some time reading about her extraordinary life, her extraordinary husband by the name of Marty, uh, who she said is the only person that she's ever loved. Uh, and he really was a backbone for her. Uh, and we always don't see that in our culture. We don't see men, not just standing by women, but sometimes standing behind them. He never stood in front of her. He wanted to make sure that she shined. And don't forget, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, she went before the court arguing equality. This was a woman who they said not once, but twice that, hey, you can't even come to law school. And then 10 years later, she would argue before that court. And then ultimately, uh, she would sit on that court. So this is what I wrote this week. Uh, This is Saturday morning. I just wrote some Saturday morning uh, thoughts. Uh, And if you want to check this out, uh, these thoughts are up on my Facebook page, Don O'Neill. It said, I've loved reading this morning all the stories with my cup of coffee that reflect all the love and all the respect for the late Justice Ginsburg. Her story was and is the story of many women today. She is notorious because she was tenacious. And they, when they wouldn't let her into law school, and that happened twice, that became the fuel then for her fire. And then within 10 years' time, not only was she arguing before the Supreme Court, but some years later after that, she was sitting on it. What a life lesson. To not leave bitter, but to return and to return better. Yes, she was tough. You bet she was wise. She was tenacious, as I said, and she had to grit. But also, she was funnier than hell. But you know what else she was known for? She listened. She listened to others that didn't agree with her. And she showed them respect And she showed respect to people, in my opinion, that didn't even sometimes deserve it. And then she surrounded herself with people that didn't look like her, act like her, or think like her. That made her the champion that you see reflected in all the great things that are being said about her today. I love the stories about her and Justice Scalia. They sat at opposite ends of the table when it came to their politics and their opinions. But that didn't keep them from sitting together at the same table, 
to share a meal, or to share a deep friendship. And as a result, they built an incredible and a profound respect for one another. That is what is missing today in our discourse with each other. To honor her, we must continue to be tenacious. But her life and her example, it invites all of us to re-examine the way that we treat each other in everyday affairs, even right here on this podcast or even right here on this Facebook chat. That's why she was a champion for women. And that's why she became a champion for everyone. And that is why we will miss her. She was in rare air. She was loved and she was respected on both sides of the aisle. And that's why she was and always will be the Notorious RBG. So what will you be notorious for? And all of us, we should look this morning at her inspiration. And then I sign this with love and respect for all of you. And I encouraged everyone to go be notorious today. Then I came back and I wrote this, just a side note. After reading Diane Terry, who actually works in her office, she wrote some powerful thoughts about Justice Ginsburg and Justice Ginsburg's husband, Marty. Ladies, know this, that there are many Martys in the world today. I am proud to say myself that I have burned my man card, and I am striving to be a Marty too. He's wrong. I'm done. You keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 160 only on the Run and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Run and Don Radio Network.